Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview as Villa take on Newcastle on Saturday lunchtime at 12.30. Looking forward to this one, as you could probably tell from the Stato preview yesterday. Joined by my Sky Sports News colleague, very professional Dave Reid with the <laughs> lapel mic. How are you, Dave? All right, yeah. What time do you call this, Dan? Everyone's waiting in the comments. I know, absolute disastrous internet situation <laughs> from me. Need, need to get a long-term fixing. It's fair to say, Dave, this is a terrible segue. The long-term fix and the short-term fixes in for Villa because Villa are absolutely flying. But this is a this is a huge game, sixth v third. I find it so so refreshing. It's like going back to the year two thousand. You know, Villa sixth, Newcastle third. It's good for the Premier League. I think to have some different teams involved. This feels like the biggest game Villa have had in the Premier League for for decades, really. Oh, uh, yeah, a, a decades might be a bit strong there, Dan. But yeah, well, okay. I'll, I'll rephrase <laughs> you that. There. You uh, threw me we, there with decades. We've had relegation games because we were so terrible for, for, for years in the, in, in the Premier League since about 2010. But now this, this just feels like a like a huge, huge game in the Premier League terms. For Villa to get Europe now would be massive, and we're taking on the team that's third in the league, and it's not one of the usual big boys. It's just everything around it. I'm so excited, and it, it just feels huge. Yeah, it does. I mean, putting to one side the whole Saudi Arabia situation with Newcastle, yeah. just just the football, um, just talking about the football here, I get what you mean when you're talking about it's refreshing to have different clubs in the mix for that. Um, and, and, you know, Newcastle and Villa have kind of had this ongoing rivalry after the whole relegation thing. And it, it, it feels quite nice now that we're both on the level where we're, we're trying to challenge at the top end of the table, Newcastle are obviously a little bit further in their progression than, than Villa are, but it does seem quite nice that now two obviously huge clubs are, are kind of fighting at the right end of the table now. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's important to always talk about the, the ownership issue, but for, if you just look at it from pure football terms, 
two managers now who are absolutely excelling, have done wonders for their sides, completely revolutionised the sides that they're, they're managing. I think from both teams' perspectives, Villa obviously haven't done much transfer business since Emery arrived, and you're right, Newcastle are further ahead in their development than Villa. But the improvement in players that have been there for years under these two managers, it shows how talented they both are. And it shows not only are they great managers, they're good coaches as well. And the, the subplot to this game is, of course, that Unai Emery could have easily been in the Newcastle dugout for this yeah. game on, on Saturday. He interviewed really well for the for the Newcastle job and was offered the job. And then the news ended up getting leaked and um, Villarreal persuaded him to, to stay in Spain a little bit longer. And then fast forward, he's now at Aston Villa and Eddie Howe managed to get the job at Newcastle after they offered it to Unai Emery. But you're right, the two coaches have seen a remarkable turnaround at Newcastle in particular, I know Eddie Howe's had such a, lo- a longer period of time than Unai Emery has had, but he's created this um, this siege mentality. You know, he's, he's brought the city together uh, outside of the football and he's brought the team together. And as you say, he's coached some of these players that we're going to see on Saturday afternoon and, and improved lots and lots of them. Jacob Murphy, you could, you could ro- yeah. roll, rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? You know, when you think about Cher uh, and Dan Byrne, who's elevated his level, we know he's a good player anyway, but... Uh, Sean Longstaff and Joe Linton's the obvious one. He's the one. biggest I mean, one, isn't Almiron it? And you can you can reel off the players that he's improved. And on the on the preview um, video last week that we did as well, that we kind of reeled off the players that Unai Emery's improved as well. So it, it works both ways. Two great coaches, and really exciting to see how they match up against each other on Saturday. Yeah, I think you you look at Newcastle. I think the big thing with them is Eddie Howe at Bournemouth. He's got a good record against Villa, by the way. Eddie Howe when he when he was Bournemouth manager. You always thought. Yeah, but he just can't sort that defence out. A little bit like Forest this season. You know, they're quite good going forward. got some good players, but they, they just can't sort the defence out. The defence isn't right. I didn't know, and it will be his coaching staff as well. It won't just be Eddie Howe. But what he's done to Newcastle's defence, the way he's made them so tight defensively, they've only lost three games all season. They've got the best defensive record in the league. Nick Pope was an excellent pickup from Bournemouth shares on, on, on great form since Eddie Howe's come in. You know, Botman's going to be a sensational footballer for, for years to come. But the cohesive unit, he's made them so solid overall and they've got goals in them. And the defensive side of things wasn't something we really associated with Eddie Howe at Bournemouth. Yeah, and it, their success has been built on that defensive solidity, really. But but not only that, he's got them working as a, as a unit across the whole pitch. I'm sure we'll, we'll get on to, to how they're going to try and press us at the weekend but that that press has really come into its own in the last few games and given their winning run as well and it, defensively as a unit not just the back four back five with with Nick Pope but the midfield and the forwards as well all working in unison all working in harmony and it, it, it makes for a really solid side off the ball yeah I'm interested to how Newcastle will set up this weekend we'll come on to the to the striker situation because they've got two forward players that are absolutely banging form at the moment but I do wonder how attacking they'll be coming to Villa Park or whether they'll be a little bit more measured. We, we saw with Forrest last week in the first half, Villa struggled to break them down a little bit. They they sat off their two number 10s, just sat on Louise and John McGinn and stopped Villa playing through the through the middle of the pitch and progressing how they wanted to. And I think Villa did struggle with that. And it was fortunate Bertrand Traore scored so early in, in the second half from a mistake because I think we may have still struggled to, to break Forrest down. But I do wonder whether Newcastle will come here and because they've got defensive strength, I do wonder whether they'll, they'll do something similar and kind of sit off Villa a bit and say, you you come and break us down and we'll, we'll hit you on the break. It's, it's a possibility. I just don't see it. I mean, Newcastle are absolutely flying at the moment and I think they're going to come out 
come out of the blocks flying as well on Saturday. I think they're going to be all over us um, in our defensive third, trying to trying to push us wide and really putting our centre-backs under pressure on the ball. I think they're going to come out um, absolutely flying for us on, on Saturday, I really do, just because they will back themselves to beat anyone in this league. And I, I feel like the only times where they've gone into kind of defensive shape um, on a consistent basis were games against Arsenal, uh, Manchester United, um, and a games games against other top sides as well. So I just feel like they'll they'll fancy turning us over at, uh, on Saturday, and I feel like they're going to come out of the box flying at us and, and push high, and um, and use their ability um, off the ball as well to to try and win the ball back high up the pitch. I think Villa, I think at Villa Park, I've got I've got a feeling. I mean, obviously, it's my opinion, so I think I might, I might be right, and you you might be wrong, Dave Reid. But <laughs> I think I think if it was at Newcastle, I think absolutely yes, they do. What 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 you're saying, but it's going to be a fevering, fevering is that even a word? A- atmosphere uh, at Villa Park on Saturday from both sets of fans because there's always been this underlying little bit of a, a rivalry as as well. I mean, some Newcastle fans will never forgive Villa for, for that banner when 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 they got relegated. In our video yesterday, there was actually some some goodwill between between a couple of people, a Villa fan and a Newcastle fan, having a chat in the comments, which was nice. But there there is kind of this this underlying rivalry between the two now. I guess in years gone by, it's been because we've both been at the, the bottom end of the table and we've spent time in the championship. Now, t- towards the top, the two of the form teams in, in the Premier League, really. I mean, this is, the, this is two of the top four form teams in the Premier League at, at the moment. Do you think that kind of mini rivalry that's there will play into it at all? Um, not not necessarily. I think it'll be more coming from the stands. You're right. It will be a, a fervent atmosphere. Is that that's the word I was looking for? <laughs> fervent, new word. It, it will be a it will be a great atmosphere. And I I think what Unai Emery likes is he likes cool heads. And I think Eddie Howe's the same. Really, he likes players to kind of feed off the crowd to a certain degree, but not so much that it dictates what they're trying to do on the field. So I feel like yes, it you know it will be a a big atmosphere tomorrow. But I do feel like Unai Emery will have his game plan. Eddie Howe will have his game plan, and it will play out on the pitch with with not too much interference from what's going on in the stands. Yeah, be interesting to see what they do up front as well. Wilson and Isak have probably been rotating a little bit in the, in the last few weeks, but Saint Maximan's been on good form. Even someone like Jacob Murphy, you know. Player who's not really ever done anything in his career for, for Newcastle wouldn't be someone you'd expect to be playing. He's been doing well as well, but you just got kind of get the feeling after the after the second half in their game last week, Wilson and Isak because Isak can play wide as well. So Maximan's out. You do kind of get the feeling that they both might end up on the pitch. And Wilson's got a decent record against Villa as well, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah, I think it will kind of depend on 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 game state. I, I'm not one of those people that thinks that he'll go with two up front and Isak and Wilson. Will start just because the the success of the four three three has been so good for them. No, I think season. they'll play four three three, but I think Isak will be in one of the one of the wide positions. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's possible, isn't it? Against um, against Brentford, they kind of played. It was almost Willock as playing as the as the wide left and Joel Linton in in midfield, and they kind of rotated their positions. And Murphy was out wide. Almiron's obviously coming back from injury, but I don't think he's going to be fit enough to start. So he might want to feature and get some minutes towards the back end of the game. Um, he obviously caused us some real issues in the in the away game at St James's Park, and he's been a key player. But Murphy, as you say, has come in and done exceptionally well on that right hand side. I do think probably Wilson and Isak will 
finish the game with both players on the pitch. It's just a question of whether they start now. It's interesting because Newcastle have used, I think, some of the, the fewest number of players this season. And now um, both Wilson and Isak are firing on all cylinders. That decision from Eddie Howe is kind of creeping up on him on both of them want to start. Both of them are good enough in form to start. So do we start both in this game? Yeah, they've had injuries, haven't they? It feels like if one's been fit, the other one hasn't. So he mm. hasn't had that big decision to make very many times through, through the season. Joel Linton's the, the big player for me. The improvement in his game has been unreal. You know, they, whether they play him on the wing or whether they play him in, in central midfield, he just performs and he leads that press. He presses so well. Probably one of the best pressers there actually is in the Premier League. Because if I was if I was Newcastle manager, God forbid, I'd probably have a fr- I'd have a front three of Isak on the left, Wilson, and then Joel Linton probably on the right, because I think one of Villa's main attacking threats at the moment, Villa's outball, their outlet a lot of the time, is Morena. And if Joel Linton's playing there, you know he's capable of, of probably cutting that off. Do you think that's something we might say? Yeah, it's it's definitely a possibility. I, I feel like um, it'll be interesting to see how we go about building from the back, just because I do think Newcastle will, will press high. Um, we like to kind of, we've talked about it lots of times, we like to have kind of slow possession in our defensive third, suck the other the other team out and then play quickly through the thirds up to up to Ollie Watkins. Whether we'll get the chance to play our kind of style out from the back will be interesting or whether we'll do something similar to kind of what we did against Chelsea where Martinez goes a little bit longer or we see the clip ball out to the full-backs a lot to try and switch angles for us to progress up the field. I think that the game against Chelsea in the first half, Kamara obviously was playing in that game in, in midfield, but we like to try and clip the ball up to McGinn who was on the right hand side who's furthest forward he managed to hold it up and play second balls as well so as a secondary option if the, if they're playing out from the back and Newcastle try and force us and we make a few mistakes we might try and, and, and play that clip ball into midfield from Newcastle's point of view I feel like the, the Joel Linton situation he I mean I tweeted I think it was when Newcastle played Manchester United that I, I couldn't remember a turnaround in a player like Joel Linton he'd gone no. from a meme, basically a walking meme, and has been revolutionised and it evolutioned into this kind of rampaging number eight central midfielder. And now he's he's kind of can play on the left hand side. He can play in that central midfield, and he does a lot of different jobs for the team off the ball, as you say, great presser. But then on the ball, you know, Newcastle, as we'll probably see on Saturday, um, you know, they play fast, they play direct, and they'll be looking for Joel Linton to to win some of those aerial balls. And then the midfield of, you know, we haven't even mentioned Gimaraes yet, who's obviously a top draw. They'll be looking Decent to pick up like. those balls. Yeah, he'll be looking to pick up those balls in midfield and and dictate the game from there. Yeah, I mean, Emery hasn't had his press conference yet. I, I think it's unlikely Kamara will be back and, and feature in this one. But Sai ABFC in the, in the chat saying, he's talking as if Dendonka might play. And I actually ag- agree with him. He's saying Dendonka will have to have his best game. In a Villa shirt, I think there's a, a case again. If I was Villa manager again, God forbid, no one, no one really wants to say that. I think maybe the end of the Forest game last week was a, a brief insight into what we might do in this game. So Dendonka coming in and playing alongside Louise, put McGinn back on the right hand side, where I mean he's performed well wherever he's been, but he's performed exceptionally on that on that right hand side. You then end up playing that four central midfielders because of the, the talent of the opposition that we're playing. We've done that in the in the harder games sometimes. Played four central midfielders and and actually there's also a case that McGinn actually ended the game up front 
alongside Watkins. That's something I'd really like to see because you're not playing as an orthodox striker and under Emery. You're out of possession. You're very much playing that central area ne- next to Watkins, but in possession, you you end up all over the place. Because we ended the game with McGinn alongside Watkins, it wouldn't surprise me to see Dendonka come in when they're on the right and McGinn up there alongside Watkins because you're a centre-back trying to, trying to build from the back like Newcastle will as well. You do not want to be coming up against the pressing of, of McGinn and Watkins. I think there's a case for bringing Dendonker in in this game. I think you're right. There is definitely a case for bringing Dendonker in for this game. Uh, and John McGinn, I think, has spoken in, in one, of a, one of his newspaper interviews yeah. about when, when Emery came in and said, you know, where do you want to play? And he was like, anywhere, just not on the bench. Uh, and Emery talked to him about playing up front. So, yeah, interesting to see him being used a little bit further forward. I think Dendonker's an option because... Not necessarily for McGinn to play up front, but I think it would kind of free up McGinn to play in one of those wide positions and then track um, the runs of, of the, the Newcastle wide players, particularly, you know, if Isak starts on that left-hand side or somebody with, you know, who likes depth runs like, um, you know, Willock or uh, a Jacob Murphy, if he switches over to that, to that left-hand side, it'd be interesting to see whether Dendonk comes in and McGinn shifts to the right and then Buendia... Um, moves into those forward positions. So I think it's yeah, definitely an option. And I think one he'll be thinking about seriously for the game. Because Newcastle are a big side as well, aren't they? If you look at their their back four, you know, they play obviously Dan Byrne at left back, who's who's huge. Big boys in in midfield as well, in, in Joel Linton and then Wilson and Isak, who are, who are good in the air as well. Both of them have scored headed goals this season. I think there's a definite case for Dendonker to come in this game. He's, he's been out of the team for, for... I mean, he was injured as well. He picked up some form of injury as well. So he's been out of the team for, for a long time. But you think of Emery in the past for having plans for certain games with other teams and, and with Villa. It wouldn't surprise me to, to do that. I, I genuinely think that's something that we might see. And also, the flip side of that is, let's say Bertrand Traore has come on and scored, and scored twice. If you play Bertrand Traore, Villa don't really... Depend on what happens with Bailey's fitness as well. Villa don't really have any attacking impetus to bring off bring off the bench if Traore plays to try and swerve, the, change the game, change the direction of the game if, if it's not going well. So to me, everything adds up to, to do that Dendonka thing. I know it's harsh on Traore because he's come off the bench and scored in two games running, but in some ways as well, it shows he's good to come off the bench, so maybe we should just do that again. Yeah, and set pieces for Newcastle. You mentioned them being a big side. I think that's been one of their real strengths this season. I think they're really high on the charts for, for set-piece goals and set-piece XG as well. So that's been one of their major strengths. And I'm not sure what the situation is with Bailey. I'm sure we'll find out later this afternoon. He had that injury, but then... We he looked like some... he was pictured in training. Yeah, pictures, we saw like some, yeah, we saw some training pictures. So it'd be interesting to find out whether he's fit enough to start or whether, again, he'll be a possible option off the bench. But um, if he's not fit enough to start, that might, that might make the decision for Emery in order to bring in Dendonka as a central midfield option and then shift either McGinn or, or Buendia out wide for that one. But yeah, I mean, Newcastle as an aerial threat, they scored, didn't they? I think from a set piece in the, in the four nil game at St. James's yeah. Park, although you, you try to forget that game because it was just a, it was just a, a no show really from, from Villa in that game. So um, yeah, set piece is going to be key and we, and we haven't had a great record in defending set pieces this season. So that's going to be a real interesting area where we've got to try and win that battle. Mainly under Gerard, though, wasn't it the the set piece problems? I don't, I don't recall us having too many problems under Emery. I, can, I remember Stevenage scoring, and then didn't ask, Arsenal scored a similar goal to that Stevenage goal against? But especially in recent weeks, you know, Newcastle have got the best defensive record in the Premier League. But in in recent weeks, there can't be many teams that have got a better defensive record than us. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think we can take heart from the Brentford game, Newcastle against Brentford, because um, I didn't watch the game in its entirety, but seeing the highlights look like Sharda caused them real problems with his pace. So, you know, Newcastle will try and, and, and kind of play a, an aggressive line. So it'd be really interesting to see whether Ollie Watkins manages, manages to get in behind and find some space in between um, probably Cher and Botman at, at the back. So, uh, you know, Ivan Tony and Sharda for Brentford caused them, caused them real problems in that game. And it was obviously kind of a, an interesting game with, with the penalties in that game anyway. But that could be a way for us to, to, to get through Newcastle in, in, that, um, in that point, playing a little bit more direct sometimes and making sure we manage to get Ollie Watkins in behind. Yeah, I'm just thinking as well, Ramsey's played some games on the left right, and then some games on the, on the right. I think the last couple he started on, on the right. On the McGinn role, because of Trippier and, he, and, and you know, he's, he's a source of a lot of their goals. McGinn on the left might be a decent shout for Villa. Yeah. Um, I mean, they like the, Newcastle like the little combination on the right-hand side. I mean, the, when, when Miguel Almiron's fit, they like to do the little one-twos with Gemaraes, Almiron, Trippier to the byline and the cutback for either a striker or a midfielder charging into the penalty area. That's a, a combination that they, um, they created some chances in the game at St. James's Park against Villa as well. And that's a combination that they use quite a lot on that right-hand side. So Trippier is one of their key danger, not only getting forward and, and crosses into the box, but set-piece delivery as well from him is, is an obvious strength. So it'd be interesting to see whether McGinn or, or Ramsey kind of flip over to that flip over to that left-hand side because it is probably the strongest area that Newcastle create their chances from. Yeah, Poods is saying in the live chat as well. I think we have both sides scoring for sure. I think I'd agree with that. I think it's a good pickup by BT Sport. By the way, I have I know we both work for Sky, but I think it's a good pickup by BT Sport. This game being on being on television, it's going to be a good one for the neutral and a big one for Villa fans and Newcastle fans that aren't, aren't there as well. Because there should be should be goals, and Villa, of course, have scored in every game under Unai Emery so far. Yeah, the story around the lunchtime game. It sometimes it can be a little bit flat, but I just feel like this game has got the potential to be a, a real cracker. Fireworks at both ends both ends of the pitch. And obviously we've got a great scoring record under Unai Emery and Newcastle are scoring goals for fun. So it's definitely going to be both sides scoring. I can't see Newcastle keeping Villa out and I can't see us keeping Newcastle out either. So it'll be a scoring game, whether we're able to come out on the right side of it, it'll be down to, uh, down to the finishing, I suppose. And I guess the thing is, even if you know we end up losing tomorrow, which is possible, it's important to take into account the fact that we're even involved in something that's such a big game, six six v third. That's a huge, huge thing at this stage under under Unai Emery, and we've still got games from the teams around. I this possibly it's our hardest game left this season. I know, we, I know we've got to go to Anfield, and they're pretty imperious at home despite having a rocky season. But you could argue this is actually our our hardest game that, that we've got left if we if we get through this unscathed. Confidence will be so high. The momentum that we will we will gather could see us through to getting Europe. Yeah, hardest, yeah. I mean, I think it's because it probably means quite a lot in terms of where Villa might finish at the end of the season, this game. And it's obviously a test of where we're at in our progression as well as a team. So that gives it a little more, a little bit more meaning, this game against, against Newcastle. Um, I think for the end of the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, it might, it might well turn out to be the hardest game. And when you look at pressure, I wonder what the message will be to the Villa players for this game because everyone knows that Villa are ahead of themselves at, at this point in time than where 
Villa might expect. So is the message to the Villa players in this game, go out there, play with freedom. We're not expected to be here. It's a free hit to go out and beat Newcastle. And possibly on the other end of the scale, Newcastle players are going into it thinking, this is going to be a really hard game. We're on the verge of doing something we haven't done in 25 years, 30 years, uh, you know, finishing in a, in a Champions League position, getting European football to Newcastle United. Are they going into it with a little bit more pressure on their shoulders? That's why they might not want to sit back and soak up pressure. They'll want to try and get on the front foot as soon as they can and maybe try and get a goal early against Villa. So I think from both sides, there's, there's different meanings and different kind of significance to this game. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, I think whatever happens this weekend, I do think Newcastle will get Champions League football next season. I'm not so certain on Villa, but they've given themselves an, an excellent chance to, to get European football. Which I mean, both teams are in Europe come the end of come the end of the season. They've both had incredible incredible seasons, and Eddie Howe and and uh, Unai Emery deserve a, a huge amount of credit. John Bambury saying in the live chat, one one. I reckon I'd be happy with that. That's my prediction as well. What one one? That's that's what I think it'll it'll be this weekend. What about you, Dave Reed? Yeah, I mean one one, either one one or two two. I, I would expect. So, I think we've scored quite a lot of early goals at Villa Park um, under Unai Emery. So, can we get an early goal? Put Newcastle under some pressure. Um, yeah, but I can I can see a score draw. Um, I'll go one one as well, probably. Yeah, Christopher Hammond's saying two two. JAS in the comments says nil three to, to Newcastle. Hoping for something different, but it just seems like a horrible matchup. For Villa, I mean, I'll be very upset if this time. I'll be very, very upset tomorrow if that if that is the case. We've got a mag in the comments. I don't. Is he? I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Or or she? I don't remember seeing JAS in in the, in the live chat before. So who, I'm a little bit suspicious of, of that. But everyone's entitled to their opinion. If that's what you think the score is going to be, that's what you think the score is going to be. Dave Reed and your lapel, Mike. Thank you very much for joining me today on the Villa View, and thanks to everyone that's tuned in live as well. Quite a lot of people here for a for midday on a Friday. So we appreciate that the people getting involved in, in the chat live and, and watching the show. And thanks to those that will go on and watch it as well. Do go and check out the Stato preview as well from yesterday. There's a lot of interesting stuff in the lead up to the game stats wise. So go and have a look at that. And those of you that are at Villa Park tomorrow, hopefully I'll see some of you there. I can't tell you how excited I'll, I'll probably wake up nervous now, but at the moment I'm just really excited and, and looking forward to the game. Uh, subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on and let us know what you're thinking in the comments as well if you are going on to watch the video not live. Thanks to Dave Reed again. Thanks to Adam for producing. Have a great Friday up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.